0: All right, everybody, under the specter of the coronavirus, I can think of no better time than to talk about boosting your immune system. The great thing about boosting your immune system is whether you get COVID-19 or not, it's gonna just benefit you in general. A quick Google reveals that substances we already know suppress the immune system, just in case you wanted a quick checklist include sugar, soda, processed foods, refined carbohydrates and, sorry, alcohol. My guest today was extremely sick at one point in her life and that led her to become an ardent enthusiast in improving her health. She was able to recover from her conditions and so when she speaks, she speaks from first-hand experience. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. I'm here with Ashley James of the Learn True Health podcast. I've been enjoying her show very much and I thought with this dark cloud of COVID-19 looming over our heads, I've been thinking of a while, for a while of doing a show on boosting the immune system, natural immunity, and I couldn't think of a better guest. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me on the show.
1: Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. This information needs to get out there. And you're right. The mainstream media is not covering what we can do to protect ourselves. I mean, they're covering wear a face mask and wash your hands and stay away from each other. But the mainstream media has never been interested in teaching us holistic medicine because the mainstream media is funded by the pharmaceutical industry and the pharmaceutical industry for 115 years now has shown us that they do not want natural medicine to be in the forefront. So they do everything they can to suppress natural medicine. Well, there's enough studies now. There's so many studies and we have the age of information, so they can't suppress this information any longer. It's out there. Naturopathic doctors are doctors some people have never heard of naturopathic medicine so naturopathic doctors are doctors who are licensed physicians who can um, in some states and some countries even deliver babies perform minor surgeries they can prescribe pharmaceutical drugs they could also prescribe natural medicine they're much different from their md counterparts most people go to an md mds are trained in drugs and Surgery, they're trained in uh, reductionistic thinking, they're trained to uh, find a drug for every symptom you have. And naturopathic medicine in naturopathic medicine, the naturopaths are trained to treat the body as a whole, it's a completely mm. backwards, different, it's a completely 180 degree view of the body. That drug-based medicine takes. Drug-based medicine is reductionistic, so it it chunks down into here's one symptom, treat this one area, treat this one area. You go to a um, you go to a heart doctor for your heart. You go to a, a um, you know a different doctor for your hormones. You go to a different doctor mm-hmm. for your for your liver. You're going to all these different doctors who don't really communicate very well together and don't really understand each other's uh, positions. A lot of times people are put on many drugs that counteract each other. Naturopath looks at the body as a whole. How are the lungs and the liver and the kidneys, how is everything affecting each other? And how can we support the body in healing itself? In naturopathic medicine, it's believed that the body can heal itself if we give it what it needs. And so there's so many studies now that show that we can support the immune system and support the body so that if you come up against any illness if you come up, up against any pathogen including the coronavirus that you're able to have a better outcome and that's what we should focus on that's what the media should be focusing on but again it's not because of their funding so we have to look to podcasts like this and look to the naturopathic doctors who are disseminating this information so that we can arm ourselves. This is, we no longer are sheeple, we no longer just sit back and wait uh, and, and do what the news tells us. We, we rise up and we go and we find this information and today we're gonna to talk about what we can do, what you can do right now in your homes to start, um, start strengthening your body's ability to mount a healthy response should it come up against the COVID-19 virus.
0: All right, great. I think one thing you've spoken to there is the idea there's these two different worldviews. One is that poor health is just a natural consequence of the body's exposure to the world in general. Uh, Our bodies were hastily cobbled together by evolution and (laughs) full of imperfections. And that, you know, sickness is is the... No, and, uh, sickness is natural, but it's more like sickness is genu- generally inevitable and the thing's going to break down uh, at some point. Well, that's certainly true. I mean, we're all going to die at some point. There's another worldview, which is that having good health is basically natural and that having poor health is the anomaly and that if one would tend to do the kind of things that a body ought to do, uh, eat the right foods... Be physically active enough and things like that, that yeah, you might get sick from time to time, but that your body will have the maximum opportunity to repair itself because repair itself is what it naturally does. Would you like to say anything more about that?
1: So, the body needs essential nutrients, and this is something that even MDs are not taught. MDs are taught a maximum of 20 hours of nutrition in their eight years of education, maximum. And some some uh, MDs only get taught five hours. So mm. it's, it's pretty ridiculous um, that they're not taught that the body needs nutrients uh, in order to build itself. Imagine you're building a house, but you, you have bricks and no mortar. You know, that's, okay. that's the same as if the body is uh, deficient in vitamin C. Uh, the easiest way to find out if your body's deficient in vitamin C is to... Go brush your teeth uh, rigorously, and then and then spit out um, into the sink. And look, is it pink? If it's pink, then you're deficient in vitamin C. Right. It's a minor form of scurvy. Is uh, your your gums bleeding? Um, if you brush your teeth, if you take enough vitamin C, your gums will stop bleeding when you brush your teeth. Now, if you have uh, this is just one nutrient. There's 90 essential nutrients, meaning the body cannot make them. So 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids two essential fatty acids and 60 minerals. And these are the trace nutrients the body needs. Of course, it needs the macronutrients of um, you know, protein, carbs, fat. And it, the body takes all this and makes um, thousands of enzymes and makes cells and makes um, you know, cell walls and makes the immune system, makes our brain work. Um, so we, we need to make sure we have those nutrients. The problem is that most people don't, most people are deficient in certain nutrients because of the farming practices of mm. the last hundred years, because they're eating the standard, standard, uh, right. I do not want to call it the standard American diet. I, I'm, I'm originally from Canada right. and I know other, basically we've all adapted the standard, you know, the mm. sad diet, the standard American diet. Um, and even if we think we eat healthy, we still may be deficient in certain key nutrients. So, so supplement, now we can never out-supplement a bad diet. You can't go to McDonald's and take a multivitamin and think you're okay. But if you eat a, a whole food plant-based diet, for example, it's the most nutrient-dense diet on the planet. Uh, and there's, there's so many, I've interviewed over 430 doctors, uh, holistic, holistic doctors that heal diseases and get people off of drugs, get their patients from being so sick to so healthy, they no longer need to be on drugs. So that's the emphasis. Health is not having any symptoms. Health is not needing drugs. Health is being so healthy, you don't have symptoms at any age, even in your 90s, and you don't need to be on drugs. That's health. That's true health. That's why I name my podcast Learn True Health, because true health has not been taught to us. True health is our birthright, and we've been taught by the mainstream media that oh your knees hurt well that's just aging that's what's supposed to happen you see we've been taught that you're supposed to wait till you're sick and then go to an md and get put on medicine that's the mainstream we have to break out of the box of our old thinking what we have to question our thinking question our belief system around health because we are not victims we're not victims of this, of this system. We're not victims of a broken body. Our body can heal itself and we can give it nutrients and it can heal itself. Now, there's people who get the COVID-19 virus and they're asymptomatic. In fact, over 70% of those who are, I believe the number is closer to 80, people, a percentage of people who are tested for the coronavirus are asymptomatic, meaning that their body mounts a healthy response, fights the virus, wins the fight, And has no symptoms. Um, We're seeing a lot of skewed numbers. So we don't actually know what the death rate is. We don't actually know. We're seeing a lot of, um, there's a lot of conspiracy around around them manipulating the numbers, but an, enough doctors, um, even holistic doctors and and uh, homeopaths have gotten together because we can over Zoom and gotten together and compiled their data. And what they're seeing is that there's, um, the large percentage of people can overcome it asymptomatic. Now, of course, the people that do get the symptoms, they're horrible symptoms, it's worse than the flu. It develops into pneumonia very quickly. Um, so there, so there's there's two things there's two av- avenues we need to talk about today one is well, what can we do to strengthen the body so that we could increase our chances of becoming the the percentage of people that's asymptomatic right because we at, at right. this point we don't know there's talk of that there's a blood type people with o blood type have better resp- uh, responses they did a study it was a very small study though so they don't know there's talk of um there's talk of you know, age, right? Well, with age, though, um, the older we get, the less ability we have to produce enzymes, unless we're eating them from our food. Most people eat cooked food, so they're not actually getting enzymes. So if you eat raw plants, fruits, vegetables in the raw form, you are supplementing your body's um, enzymes. And so the older we are, the less likely we can make our enzymes, so we need to get it from food. So the older we are, we should be eating more uh, fruits and vegetables in their raw form. Now, if you have digestive problems, you're going to have to heal your gut before you can do that for some people. So, we have to look at why is it that the older population, um, this is more severe than the younger population. Well, what, what's the difference? An older population are also more likely to be deficient in zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D. These things we're finding have a profound effect um, people who have um, been given high doses of vitamin C and zinc have a higher outcome. And when I say high doses of zinc, this is, of course under a doctor's um, care. I wouldn't at home take high doses. Uh, for an adult, um, 40 milligrams a day is um, is healthy. I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't do more than that. Um, but of course, you can you can talk to naturopathic doctors. There's a lot of them that you can do telemedicine with now. Um, if you want to get on a, um, a supplement protocol, uh, if you if you think you have the COVID nineteen, I if I had it, I would talk to my naturopathic doctor, teleconference them, you know, <laughs> telemedicine right. them. Um, so we want to the, the two paths are we want to support the body, uh, do everything we can now while we don't have the virus, to mount a healthy response to it. Should we should we get it so that we could be possibly one of the asymptomatic people? And then the second thing is, what do you do if you do have it? And so those are the two, the two big things. Now in natural medicine, because I've had my ear to the, the, <laughs> the pulse of, uh, the thumb, my thumb to the pulse of the natural world, um, we're seeing really, really good results with home- homeopathy. In fact, just on CNN, I believe it was yesterday, one of the anchors is at home with COVID-19, been confirmed, and he's treating it with homeopathy effectively um that was really exciting to see in the mainstream media that they actually let that through i did an interview episode 419 of the learn trail podcast with a phd in homeopathy silhouette Cot, who i've had on the show several times before uh she was speaking specifically about what homeopathy to use for the coronavirus and the specifically it's called homeoprophylaxis it's essentially a homeopathic version of vaccines and it's been tested Homeoprophylaxis has been tested, proven, and effective for over a million people. Um, All of Cuba uses it uh, even more effectively than the the vaccines. And this has been published. And you're thinking to yourself at this point, Mm. why haven't I heard this? Why haven't I heard that there's homeopathy? Homeopathy is essentially a sugar pill, right? If you've ever taken it. Why isn't homeopathy why isn't this mainstream news that homeopathy? Well, if anything,
0: is- the mainstream says that homeopathy is bunk. I don't know <laughs> one way or the other, but you, you can speak to that. You can, Since a lot of people here might be, oh, homeopathy, hasn't that been completely debunked? You it might want to speak been.
1: to that. Um, yeah, I love that. It has not been debunked. So the thing with homeopathy is it's not molecular medicine. You could take homeopathy and put it under a... Um, some kind of microscope or some kind of uh, machine that registers uh, molecules. Um, to, and you would find basically it's a sugar pill. So you'd, you'd say, well, this is bogus. It's, you know, homeopathy is just a bunch of sugar pills. It's not molecular medicine. It's energetic medicine. They take the energy signature of a disease and they put it, for example, this is homeoprophylaxis. They, they take an energy signature of polio and they, they imprint it on the sugar pill. You take it and your body does not receive polio. Your body receives the energetic signature of polio. We are energy. When you go to a hospital and they hook you up to electrodes, they're reading your energy signatures. The energy of your brain, the, uh, your brain waves are energy. Your heart produces an energy signature that they read, EKGs and EEGs. We are energy and our body responds to energy and so homeopathy is very specific. It uses an, an energy signature to train the body to mount a specific response. Now there's over 5,000 homeopathic remedies, so which one's right for you? The thing is you're not treating a disease, you're treating a symptom with homeopathy. So you're, you might have um, a dry cough only in the morning, and that would be one remedy. And you take that remedy and all of a sudden your dry cough becomes a wet cough. So then you have to switch to a different remedy. So you have to chase, you chase the symptoms essentially with the the homeopathy um, and it support what they see is it supports the body in moving through symptoms faster. But homeoprophylaxis is the vaccine version of homeopathy and they use it in Cuba effectively for millions of people. They also use it in India every year millions of people, they've, they've written studies and they show that it has an even more effective um, survival rate, uh, an effective uh, rate of, of preventing illness than the actual vaccines, plus there's no side effects. Um, and this has all been written and published and I've done interviews on this. So they have homeopathy for the coronavirus and there's two, two kinds. One is homeoprophylaxis, where you take it before you get the virus. It's a $30 bottle. It'll last you years, although I really hope coronavirus isn't going to come back every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it'll last you years because you just take a tiny few pellets every week or so. And it just, what tra- it does is it trains the immune system to mount your response. Um, so that's homeoprophylaxis. we prophylaxis. Um, and they have that kit available. You can uh, listen to episode 419 of Learn Child podcast for more information on that. And then the second thing they have is homeopathy during the time you have coronavirus. And it has been very effective. All the homeopathic practitioners and doctors around the world that are treating coronavirus patients have gotten together and shared what's working. And they've come up with a list. I think it's a list of about nine or 12 homeopathic remedies to treat each very specific symptom. And they're finding their survival rate, is very very effective. Back in the the Spanish flu um, over a hundred years ago, people, it, I believe it was a thirty percent mortality rate in the hospitals that were practicing MD based medicine, and it was a incredibly small death rate in the homeopathic hospitals. Homeopath homeopathy was so widely used 100 years ago that there was hospitals you could go to that only practiced homeopathy. But because of the money involved in pharmaceutical-based medicine, they were, the Carnegie's were able to uh, suppress natural medicine.
0: Okay, I just want to speak to a couple of these, the philosophical issues surrounding this, because there is this View, and people might be skeptical of what you 've said, but that 's fine they 've heard you say it, and you 've given them leads where they can investigate for themselves and find out more but there's this view that allopathic medicine mainstream medicine is the only scientific medicine, and everything else is just b s now some of some of what else exists might be b s and some might not be but the fact the i 'm writing a book on the on healthcare reform at the moment and when you look at the horrible science that i found in mainstream medicine (laughs) that was going some of it was going on for years they were doing these spinal fusion therapies for Mm. decades that they were you know they were picking up twenty five thousand dollars per for per procedure and then later it came out that there was no science behind it but they kept on doing it they were cutting off women's breasts when they got Um, cancer they very rarely do that anymore because it very rarely actually had any benefit but this was something they did they were giving recommending hormone replacement therapy to every woman when she reached the menopause and they said oh it was going to reduce your risk of this condition or that condition it turned out it massively increased your risk of contracting a whole bunch of other conditions and there's been
1: that's how my uh, mom died Oh,
0: all right. That's, I'm so my mom, sorry to hear that.
1: The week my, I was in the hospital, with my mom, as she was dying of cancer back in 2002 and, and it, this is in Canada. And on the, on the news, I was listening, there was a uh, little radio in the, in the hospital room. I remember it was a sunny day and, and the radio was playing music and then the news came on and they had just stopped. They had just taken off the market, the drug that her MD had put her on. They took it, it was some fake hormone replacement that her MD insisted she she had to take because now that she's gone through menopause, she has to take it or her bones will go brittle and she'll just fall apart and die. Right. And I remember my mom, who was the strongest woman I'd ever known, came home crying. She was so worried that her hips were going to just go brittle and fall apart and die. And so she was scared into, the MD used fear tactics and scared her into taking this drug and it ended up causing her to have cancer yeah. and the MD who prescribed it also got cancer, but she, she lived my, my mom passed away. This, the drug that killed her. Um, and so we, yeah, we have to look at what we have to do is, is, is again, come back to our belief system. Why do we believe what we believe about, about medicine? Why do we, why do we think that their science is better than everything else? Um, cause we've been taught, we've been taught to think that, I mean, they, like I said, the pharmaceutical industry controls the mainstream media. And if you don't believe me, just start digging into it. Edward Bernays is the, uh, I don't know, the modern creator of, of PR and, and read, read one of his books, like read the book, propaganda. Mm-hmm. And it's, it'll, it'll, it'll explain very clearly how they do it. But, but think about, Think about, um, you know, a few hundred years ago, bloodletting and le- you know leeches right. were the the latest science. Right. And you know, in a hundred years, we're going to look back on today, and, and 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 you know, our grandchildren or whatever are going to look back in in horror on on the kinds of treatments that we think are modern and are the best. Right. Now, allopathic I, medicine has its place; it saves lives. Yeah, I, I, I just want to
0: make clear that I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it doesn't either, but, uh, just in case p- people thought well, I was. Well, this is the yeah. thing:
1: the second you start questioning it, uh, people get angry. Like, there's some people that yeah. get angry. Well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my sure. doctor, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the hospital. Well, we're not saying that all the doctors and all the hospitals should stop doing what they're doing, no. but why can't why can't we why can't we question a system that clearly is not per- it's not perfect? There's room for improvement. Why can't we question it? You know they sure. don't want us to question it. That would really, really harm their profits. So we have to just sit back, take a take a thirty thousand foot view, stop bringing emotion into it. Mm-hmm. If you have an infection that you can't resolve, go to a doctor and and get. First of all, don't just be, get put on any drug. Get a culture. So I was just reading an article about a woman who had COVID nineteen here here uh, near me. Just 20 minute drive from my house. And she said, um, her doctor had her on two different kinds of antibiotics and she, you know, she had all the symptoms of, of, of COVID-19 and she was put on antibiotics twice before they were, they tested her for COVID-19 and she had a bad reaction to one of the antibiotics that landed her in the hospital. Um, but she had all the symptoms of COVID-19 she was going through the pneumonia and then she, but she was put on antibiotics. Why was she put on antibiotics? Why didn't they do a culture? They could have done a culture and they would have seen that it's not a bacterial infection. If you have an infection, get a culture and you'll see is it, is it a virus? Is it a bacteria?
0: And you then you may need to bacteria, explain that to some people what a culture is.
1: A, oh, so they take a swab uh, and they send it to a lab and then they culture it to see if it's a bacteria or a virus and they look right. at it under a microscope or. You know, and it can take. They could do for certain things like strep. They could do a rapid strep test right there in the. So if you have a sore throat that's really bad, if you have a sore throat and a fever, you should definitely see a doctor because strep can be. It it can turn into something really bad. It it can it can harm the heart. It can become scarlet fever. Um, it's it can become bad. But uh, if you, or especially if you have a rash and a fever and a sore throat, that's definitely you go to go go to a doctor and get tested. What they do is they. D- You just don't, don't just accept a drug when it's thrown at you. Get a test to see what, what infection it is because antibiotics don't work on viruses. It's so you have to, like, if you take the time, that's why I love naturopathic doctors. They will spend 45 minutes to 90 minutes with you in each, in each appointment. Whereas MDs spend 15 minutes if you're lucky. So you get a test, they do a swab in your nose, your throat, um, and they test what kind of now, if it's a gastrointestinal, they can do a stool sample. They test what it is. Is it a virus? Is it a bacteria? What kind of bacteria? And then if they know what kind of bacteria, then if it's a naturopath, they could go, they could uh, give you options. There are certain herbs that are even more effective than certain drugs. And this is what yes. naturopaths know. So, so there's just, there's more options available to you if you arm yourself with information and if you go to the right doctor
0: right and one thing is you know all medicines have side effects so, uh, medicines are sometimes necessary but if you're taking something that you don't need it's not like a zero-sum game it's um and it's interesting while well, they're coming out saying that uh you know her- herbal medicine is nonsense 50 percent of drugs are made from extracts from herbs so that that they can actually patent now you can't patent a plant so there's a conflict of interest in fact there's a, a series of them when our health system holds the absence of sickness to be health rather than you know you know the absence of sickness is not health the absence of sickness means that you're just not sick yet right so where what are the incentives of the system? You know, if you do get a side effect from a medication, you get a headache, then you go to another doctor and he's going to give you another pill to see your headache, but that messes up your hormones. So you go and see the endocrinologist and he gives you something for your hormones and that might give you another side effect. That's what you were talking about earlier on when you said, you know, you go and see someone, doctors are trained to prescribe so that's what they do not necessarily because they're poorly intentioned almost all of them have good intentions that that but that is what they're trained to do and what i love about this natural approach to health that doesn't see the lack of sickness as health but sees you know learn true health Your you know true health is health not merely the absence of sickness is what we're saying is you if you do the right things to build up your body, whatever the pathogen is, it's got a poorer chance of affecting you badly. You know, if if you just the same way that if you you know if you go to the gym and you get big muscles, it doesn't matter what you have to lift up afterwards, you know, because you've got bigger muscles, you can lift that object easier. Similarly, if you've got a strong immune system, you can deal with um, infections, you, you know, you, as you, you to use your word, you know, you'll be asymptomatic a lot of the time, even if you get something, if you have a healthy immune system. Uh, before I throw the baton back over to you, I just want to finish with a couple of other facts about um, good science or bad science in medicine that people might not have been aware of. <coughs> Excuse me. I uh, hope I'm not coming down with anything. And. <laughs> Especially not at this time. In 1990, the Bipartisan Commission on Comprehensive Healthcare released a report publishing their findings that, I quote, only 10 to 20% of the medical procedures used today have been subjected to randomized clinical trials, the most conclusive method of determining if a procedure is medically effective. The editors of the New England Journal of Medicine and the editor of the Lancet both Resigned in disgust because they claimed that seventy percent of the articles in their journals were trash and biased towards the corporate healthcare industry bodies that funded the research. I've got study. Uh, I've got study after study that was done internally where they um, they revealed that. Other studies were bunk, but these don't really make big news. And a lot of the time, they don't make it into the medical journals because they've got corporate sponsors who want to take ads out in those journals. And they might not take ads out in those journals if they start publishing more papers saying, oh, you know, this treatment's been disproven and that treatment's been disproven. Most of doctors' education is actually funded by the pharmaceutical industry, um, mm-hmm. And and so there's a massive conflict of interest here in terms of what makes a profit. That doesn't. None of that is to say that you know science isn't you know the best we've got and things like that. But the uh, and we and things should be submitted to rigorous trials. That being said, the what we call a healthcare system, which is really actually a, a system of sickness. The only thing that's mm-hmm. remunerated within the health care system is sickness and the way that it's set up there's not very good incentives to produce um, good studies to compare one drug to another drug um, and see which is more effective and what who's going to fund the studies on uh what the side effects of these drugs are you know who's who's going to fund them who stands to gain a profit Mm -hmm. from highlighting uh where a drug may be doing more harm than good under the current system so that's just to speak to um you know, bad science and medicine and um, i'm not saying that everything that is considered to be alternative or holistic is necessarily all good either i'm just saying that we should really um be balanced and and have a Critical eye when we approach where we get our information from. So, coming back to the theme of this podcast, one thing that we know is going to help, whatever the science says on medicine, is if you've got a strong immune system, a good lifestyle, you're on a good diet, and where necessary, you're supplementing. And also that you're avoiding the kinds of things that might compromise your immune system. Would you? as maybe we should start with that what do we know weakens mm, okay. a person's immune system
1: yeah absolutely What's i want to get to that science right?
0: to back up yeah, as well?
1: absolutely i want to i want to answer that question i first want to say uh, to share with your listeners uh i was very sick in my 20s and 30s uh and in my early my late teens so basically for 20 years I was very sick. I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was told by an endocrinologist I was infertile, that I'd never have kids. I had type 2 diabetes. My blood sugar was out of control. I had chronic infections, for which I was on monthly antibiotics for. Uh, I had chronic adrenal fatigue so bad I couldn't work. And I couldn't even understand human language in the morning. It took me a few hours of being awake before I could comprehend human language. My cortisol was so low that my highest level, which was in the evenings, was my highest, highest level of cortisol, which is the awake hormone, basically, was your, a normal person's lowest wow. when they're sleeping. I was a wreck. I felt like a prisoner of my own body. I was constantly hungry. I was constantly em- emotionally mentally exhausted fatigued uh, i i felt I felt trapped i went I bounced from doctor to doctor, even though I had no energy to do so and i I praised my husband, who was my rock, who drove me to doctor 's appointments and it was just it was exhausting. I was in the allopathic medical system, and they right. had nothing for me but drugs and this was my life and they, and it, and it did not, none of their medicine made it better. It only made it worse. And so in 2008, I, I, we watched, this is right when Netflix was streaming documentaries. We watched a documentary on, you know, healthy eating or something. Maybe it was like food Inc. One of those, one of those documentaries. And a few of the key things they said stuck with me, shop the premier of the store shop organic. So we did that. Now we were eating the standard American diet. So all of a sudden we just cut out a bunch of um, processed foods because right. we shopped the perimeter. So the perimeter meaning um, meat, dairy, vegetables, fruit, and maybe some nuts and seeds from the bulk section. But that was, that was it. We, we limited the grains. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and do this. I'm just saying this is what I did. And then we, we shopped organic. So we were eating organic everything I just mentioned. And one month later, I noticed that uh, I stopped needing antibiotics, that my infections went away. And I thought to myself, so this is the immune part. I thought to myself, if I made one change to my food, this is 20 years of suffering. If I made one change to my food and my chronic infections went away, what else could I change? Wow. And so I dove into natural medicine and, and started studying with naturopathic doctors and they mentored me. And I became a health coach. I've been working alongside naturopathic doctors now. Um, Twenty eleven was when I found the my, two naturopaths that would mentor me, and then since then, I've 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 uh, <laughs> I've just kind of <laughs> become yeah. friends with naturopaths. I'm surrounded by them. I love them. They're like they're mm-hmm. the best. They're the best friends to have. And um, and so and I also went and took a an, a, a, a very um, well known online training, a year long program to become a health coach. But I actually learned more from working with the naturopathic doctors, you know, boots on the ground. So, what happened was um, I ended up using food and supplements supplements, meaning vitamins and minerals and amino acids, fatty acids and herbs uh, to fill in the gaps. Um, so, food comes first, but I used food and supplements and some lifestyle changes in, in that order. And I reversed my type 2 diabetes. I'm no longer diabetic. I reversed my polycystic ovarian syndrome. I no longer have PCOS. I reversed my infer- infertility. We, we conceived naturally with zero, zero drugs. <laughs> conceived mm. totally naturally. And our, we have a five-year-old son who's very healthy. Um, I no, obviously no longer have chronic infections. That was the first thing to go. I no longer have um, chronic fatigue. I, you know, I can wake up in the morning, and I'm wide awake, and I I have energy all day. So this is what food, uh, natural food and and natural medicine did for me. Uh, And so we, we support the body by giving it nutrients, by giving it real food. If you want to support your immune system, we don't, don't think reductionistically like the MDs do think holistically, think the whole, like the whole body, like naturopaths do the whole body needs to be supported. And the whole body is not just physical. The whole body is spiritual, energetic, emotional, and mental, along with physical. Why why do I say this and why is it important? Because they, and I've, I've interviewed uh, four cardiologists that reverse heart disease naturally naturally can you imagine if there's one cardiologist who's my i mean i love them all but my favorite is is Dr. Cadwell Esselstyn. that's a great interview he um, has published the world's longest study on reversing heart disease naturally he's 80 is he 84 86 he's in his 80s he's still practicing as a cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic which is uh, i don't know if you've heard of Cleveland Clinic it's kind of like saying the Mayo Clinic it's very very prestigious but he is still a practicing cardiologist and he does not do, he does not reverse heart disease with drugs and surgery because it's ineffective. Uh, What's effective is the most effective. The quickest is his diet. He has a diet Mm. that is um, that heals the heart and you can get his book because in the, in his book, it's, it's called um, how to prevent and reverse heart disease by Dr. Cadwell Esselstyn, or you can listen to my interview because it's really good on the learn child podcast. He has pictures in his book of the clogged arteries of his um, in the study that he did and then the, the arteries are not clogged in the heart it went the worst case was some guy that needed four 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 clogs in his heart he took cases i think it was 26 people he took people that were on death's door that were so sick they could not get uh, bypass surgery and and his uh, diet was the last possible uh, solution and so they were very committed to following it. It's it's a whole food plant-based diet with no salt, sugar, oil. I know that sounds boring, but it actually tastes really good if you just if you just do it. If you, yeah, if you, when you
0: get used to when you when get used, get to, used to, oh, I've never tasted a cucumber before like I taste it now. I didn't taste it as much a year ago.
1: <laughs> well, so he actually wants you to put balsamic on everything because the balsamic helps to increase um, this nutrient that the body makes uh, to heal the lining of the arteries. And, uh, and he talks about that in my interview. So, so he has a system of, of using food as medicine. Now think about just, just, I want you to take a minute to think about this. If I give you a, not me, but let's say I'm a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but let's say I'm a doctor and I give you a pill to take just one tiny pill, the size of a pea, but it's the wrong pill. And that pill causes massive harm, right? Because that, that right. could happen, right? If I, put you, yeah. if I was a doctor and I gave you the wrong drug, it could cause damage, right? Right, for sure. But it's, it's the size of a pea. It's the right. size of a pea, right? Yeah, so why, why don't we take seriously the, the uh, 10,000 peas that we eat a day in, in terms of size, right? We eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything we drink. And it's, it's far more, in terms of molecules, far more than the size of that tiny pea, the size of that tiny pill that could harm you right? or heal you. right? There could be, there could be a supplement or a drug that could benefit you. Right. It's tiny. <clears throat> so why is it that we think that this tiny drug can really help or harm, but that we don't take seriously what we put in our mouth? Mouthfuls, mouthfuls and mouthfuls and mouthfuls of food is actually like that little pill but even bigger because it's what our body uses to build our body so it, it, every cell is built on the nutrients we provide and we have this disconnect cuz why else would we still go to McDonald's right you are you are built do you want like the homer simpson of cells like do you want to have like a really unhealthy gut biome and really like just unhealthy immune system and and cells that are so deplete in nutrition, they're they're breaking and creating cancer and creating an acidic environment, then eat food that is void of nutrition. Eat food that if you leave on the shelf will never go moldy because that's what uh, the most most uh, fast food doesn't go moldy because of, there's, there's no nutrition to even feed the mold. I mean, it's ridiculous and it, all the preservatives in it. Or give the body what it actually needs, which is whole foods. Now, I believe that the Whole Foods plant-based diet, based on all the interviews I've done, is the most nutrient-dense healing diet for the body. There are certain circumstances in which we're seeing that people benefit from doing uh, some animal products, like Dr. Terry Walls, who, now this is like, like I said, very specific instances. Like if you have an autoimmune condition, the the walls protocol is so effective, as is the GAPS diet. And I've interviewed both doctors that have created those diets and have healed thousands of people with the GAPS diet. It's a very strict diet. She has helped thousands of children to no longer have autism, no longer have autism, reversing autism with the diet. And it's been it's been uh, published. She's she's publishing books. She's publishing studies. She's show, she's proving. She's showing that we can reverse many illnesses, but she created the GAPS diet because her son had autism and now he's highly functioning. And many people have used it to heal their gut. There's a direct relationship between gut health and the brain health. There's a vagus nerve that runs from the gut to the brain. And we're seeing that the gut produces, 25% of our T3 is converted in the gut. So if you have, if you have low T3, you should be looking to heal your gut. And, right. and, and balance your gut biome, your serotonin, your you know neurotransmitters are created in the gut, so if you have depression, you should be looking to heal the gut right, for sure if you have brain fogs you you should be looking to heal the gut if you have autoimmune, you should be looking to heal the gut so that's the gaps diet is very hard to do, and so you have to be you have to treat food like medicine. The right. walls protocol is another protocol it does it she although she does have a version of it for vegans and plant based people um she found that if you do consume uh, some it's very specific animal products like you know kidneys and liver and things like that uh, along with uh, 12 cups of vegetables a day. So mostly vegetables. Um, and she has a few other, like it's she has a very strict diet but she is able to reverse MS. She was in a wheelchair and in a, it's a very special type of chair that had her feet elevated above her heart and she gives a good TED talk. You can mm. Google Dr. Terry Walls and and TED talk and watch her video, but she reversed her MS with food and, and she went to all the, the top doctors in the world on MS and they all said she was never gonna get better and she used food, food. We put all of our we invest all of our thinking that we have to wait to get sick and then get on a drug.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And this is how we we have to get this is how we have been manipulated since birth. We have been marketed to to think. That drugs are the only answer. Drugs should be the, the drugs should be an answer, an answer, not the answer. And drugs should be the last answer, not the first. Our first answer should be changing our diet to make sure because it's our fuel yeah, it's for like, our cells.
0: It's like uh, running for a fire extinguisher once the place is already on fire. You know, we've got fire protocols for a reason, and there's a reason why the building has a firing. Uh, you know, extinguisher, you don't wait until you don't wait until the, the, the place is half burnt down before you go consult uh, the fire mm. department.
1: Well, 70 percent of adult Americans are on at least one prescription medication. So mm. most people are at the point where they're already sick. Mm. So it's telling them, telling them, well, you should have gotten a fire extinguisher first. It's kind of It's futile. Right. People are already <laughs> sick. People already have symptoms. But many people listening have symptoms, but they were told it's normal.
0: They were told by their
1: doctor, that's normal because you're 30. That's normal because you're 40. That's normal because your mom had it. That's normal because it's in your genes. No, it's not. If you have any symptoms at all, it is not health. It's not normal. But guess what? The body wants to be healthy. And even if you say, well, it's genetic. Okay, I'll tell you one thing about people who've been told it's genetic. One of my best friends was born with ichthyosis. It's a rare skin condition where 70% of her body was covered in scaly, thick um, chunks of skin that would crack and bleed. It wasn't skin. It's it, it. They the ichthyosis means fish scales, but it was it was it was like really really rough sandpaper. Like almost like pebbles were attached to her skin, and they it would just crack and bleed and fall off. Her skin would just fall off. And she had to spend an hour a day rubbing all kinds of oils and lotions on her skin just to keep it supple. Um, She was in her 50s. She ate really healthy. She took supplements her whole life because she believed in them. She had yoga practice. She did Tai Chi. She really took care of her mental, emotional. I mean, she's still alive. I'm talking to her like she's, I'm saying it like she did it. But this is in the past. She took care of herself. She still had ichthyosis. She was told it was genetic. Her whole family had it, but she had it particularly bad. And so did her, her father. And right around this is right around 2011 when I was really getting into studying with nature paths. I called her up and I said, "One of the nature paths that's training me that I'm learning from is in your town giving a health lecture. You should go. You should go like talk to him." And she went and she met him and she said, "You know, I because he was doing Q and A, and he's a nature path and and um, loves to teach, loves to disseminate this information." And so she put up her hand. She said, I have ichthyosis. And he said, I bet the doctors told you it's genetic and you can never get rid of it. She said, yes. He said, wrong. Just because you have a genetic predisposition to something doesn't mean you should have it. It's epigenetics. He actually wrote a book called Epigenetics. It's epigenetics, meaning that's how the body is expressing, get this, a nutrient deficiency. If I were to take your family and and deprive them of vitamin E, for example, and if I were to take the family down the street who maybe is from an Asian descent, like a different genetic uh, descent, and I were also to deprive them of vitamin E, your family might all end up with asthma, the whole family, and you'd be told it's genetic. And their family down the street would all develop psoriasis on the skin. And they'd be told it's genetic because they all have it. Epigenetics is the, is the genes it's expression turning on or off based on what nutrients are available. Like, like coming back to building the house with bricks. If you're uh, managing building a house and all of a sudden you realize you have, you have lots of bricks, but you have no mortar, you would say, okay, guys, we're not going to build the non-essential parts of this house. We only have yeah. enough mortar to build one room.
0: That's such so that's a great what we're gonna do. metaphor. That's such a great analogy. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the gut health thing, I know for me personally, right, I can't eat wheat or cheese because I get eczema, you know, like psoriasis, mm-hmm. right? So I don't actually think that's good for anyone. I don't think wheat and cheese is good for <laughs> anyone. But I just think that because of my particular circumstances, um, my body's particularly sensitive to them. Uh, a couple of years ago, I start. So um, I don't, don't, I don't. I think I had suboptimal, well, far suboptimal digestion. And um, a couple of years ago, I started taking a high strength probiotic. I don't know if I should plug it or or not. It's a liquid one. And I guess if anyone wants to know what it was, they can message me personally. Anthony at it dot com. Yeah, kind of eczema went went away. Um and. You were talking about that and depression. That was when I was writing the first book I actually finished, uh, Procrastination Annihilation. Mm. I could not remember feeling so good uh, in ages, bodily. I slept better. My work ethic was better. It's funny because I was writing a book on overcoming procrastination and I was also uh, overcoming my own procrastinatory tendencies at the same time. And part of that I put down to, I put it down to the probiotics that was taking, like we've been told that the gut has more neurons in it than the brain of a cat. So you've got a bigger brain in your gut than <laughs> a cat does in its head. That's really interesting, isn't it?
1: I love it. Well, not only that, we have between four and six pounds of a microbiome of, of healthy gut bacteria or unhealthy, depending on what you've been eating. And based on what you eat, you feed. So you're, like I said, you eat the, you eat fast food, you're feeding a Homer Simpson of a gut biome. And the gut biome is what is helping us digest and assimilate nutrition and also create, um, essential chemicals for the body. But the gut biome, get this, there's, I have several studies, um, that I've found. It's really cool. The gut biome. Create So whether you have a, ba- a dysbiosis, right, like candida, like a, a gut biome that is um, thrown out of balance, maybe because you've been on antibiotics in the last five years, um, or you're of the way you eat, you eat a, a diet high in oil or fatty foods or fried foods um, that can uh, disrupt the gut biome as well. A uh, diet high in processed flour and sugar, that's, that'll disrupt the gut biome you eat uh raw fruits and vegetables that creates a different gut biome that's more mm-hmm. complex you eat fermented foods drink fermented f- beverages that you, then you um create a different more complex more diverse healthy gut biome but the gut biome whether it's good or bad for you the gut biome you have produces chemicals that hijack the brain and make you crave yeah. things and it's been proven so when you have that craving at 11 at night for whatever know that it's not you it's your gut biome and and you're feeding whatever you eat is what you is what lives in your gut whatever you eat you feed you feed you, you um you perpetuate, you perpetuate the good or the bad gut biome. So when I started eating a whole food plant-based diet, I started eating kale. I never really liked kale. I wasn't particularly a fan. I don't think people are really a fan of kale until you start eating it. It doesn't have a great flavor. I was eating it raw because I knew of the health benefits and how I'd eat it, which actually ends up tasting really good is I'd make a stir fry. Again, I don't cook with oil, but you can saute with water. It's really easy. Um, I actually created a, a membership teaching people how to cook a uh, very affordable membership. You can find on my website, how to teach people how to, how to cook really healthy foods with no, with no oils and these foods heal the body. So I chopped up, a, um, finally chopped up, um, a beet and, um, onion. And, uh, I threw in some, you could put some, some carrots or some celery if you want. And I, I threw in some, a handful of, um, of nuts like uh like cashews are really great, and I stir fried that, and then I take dino kale, which kind of looks like a taco, and I right. put it in like a taco or whatever seasoning you like, you know Tex Mex or whatever. I put it in like a taco, and then I'd eat it like a taco. So I was getting the kale raw, and that that was that was delicious. That was an easy meal because I could make a big stir fry, and then anytime I was hungry, I could serve myself some kale tacos with the dino kale. And what I noticed after you're making me was- hungry, Ashley. <laughs> It's so good. It's so delicious. Beets are really, really healthy for you. They're just like a superfood. They, they, it's been proven that it, they increase um, the nitric oxide in your cardiovascular system, which heals the cardiovascular system and prevents uh, heart disease. They, if beets feed the liver, they're like liver food, and they also. Um, increase endurance and performance. So if you were to eat beets or drink beet juice before you work out, you'll have a better workout and you'll recover faster. You can also do it after a workout um, as well. So, but, but if you juice beets, you got to be careful. If you juice too many, like I would say drink one beet at a time, like maybe two beets a day juiced but spread out. Don't overdo it because you can get flu-like symptoms. It kind of creates this You know, too much of a good thing is actually not a good thing. Um, But if you if you eat if you eat like two beets that are cooked, that'll be fine, too. Or you could shave them raw and put them in this dino kale taco because it's sweet and and yummy. So anyway, I ate kale for a few weeks raw and all of a sudden I had the weirdest response. I remember I didn't really like kale, but um, I saw it in the grocery store and I actually had a Pavlovian response where I started salivating. Hmm. And then I started getting excited about the kale. And I noticed that I could just eat raw kale and I'd get happy. And so I would make raw kale salads and end up making some delicious salads out of it. But now I think of kale and I get excited. And right. that's because my microbiome has, uh, has basically been fed all this natural good food. And it, it wants me to eat kale because the, the kale feeds it. So we have it's kind of like if we thought of it like we have got a pet inside us like a you know like a dog or cat or whatever. Mm. I did an interview and we decided it was a panda because she loved pandas. We have this four to six pound pet basically inside us. We need to feed, and it could become an angry chihuahua if we eat bad food, or it could become like a cuddly, nurturing panda if we eat good food. And um, that's there's there's luckily that there there is science out there to show that a diverse microbiome is directly correlated with the healthy immune system 70 percent of our immune system is surrounded by the gut and, and, and becomes part of the gut and that's why all the doctors that i have i have interviewed I've, i can i've forgotten how many it's been over 12 that regularly cure heal reverse autoimmune conditions with diet all focused on healing the gut with diet hmm. and uh and of course they remove grains that's, yes. that's the first thing they, that they, they see with autoimmune condition because you're healing the gut. And when they heal the gut with diet, they see that the autoimmune condition goes into remission. And if you went back to eating the old way you ate, your autoimmune condition would come back. would come back. So you can't say, they oh, well, you can't say it's cured. Well, you know what? If I went and started eating Twinkies or whatever every day, I could probably give myself type 2, type two diabetes again. It doesn't mean it's in remission. It's just, right. The cause of the illness is nutrients. It's what, e- our food is either our cure or our poison. And so it really all comes back to what we're putting in our mouth. Now, there, like I said, food is first, supplement second, lifestyle third, and all should be taken seriously. Um, so I talked about food. So you wanna look at whole food, plant-based diet. If you're still gonna eat meat, consider eating less meat. Um, really, really, there's no fear about protein. That's a myth please, please, please read the book, Proteinaholic by Dr. Garth Davis, or listen to the audio book. Actually, I have both. I really enjoyed the audio book. And then, um, and then I got the physical book. And when you get the physical book in the last like 50 pages of the book is all scientific references. It's really, really well researched, but he completely covers this idea of of protein, protein and how much we need and he, it, he it's a really it's a it's a very interesting book because he goes through what is the most uh, nutritious healing healthy diet for the whole population and why and um and he covers it he covers it really well but especially for weight uh weight issues because that's that's where he that's where he comes from so, so sorry just a minute there diet i yeah?
0: I'd just like to clarify because people might have got the wrong idea when you said uh, don't worry about the protein thing you were You were talking about, well, where would you get your protein? You weren't talking about the contrary view, which some people say is a myth, which is if you get too much protein, that that could be harmful.
1: Too much protein can be harmful absolutely yeah oh the wrong kind of protein so i think one thing people don't
0: sorry sorry ashley i just want to point out that the body can construct proteins out of amino acids you know one of these things that you get like i'm a vegetarian and i'm not like strictly vegan or anything but i'm kind of lean that way and people say well where do you get your protein yeah that you know Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. If you're just taking the protein, your body has to take it apart first and then put it back together the way that it wants. Uh, um, I have heard. So it can actually be a much simpler um, process to build up the proteins yourself rather than take them apart and then put them together.
1: Well, Okay. So the body is going to digest everything, and and in in nature we don't see it's not in nature we don't see a a lot of the time amino acids broken down perfectly for us. It's uh, our body has to break down everything. Our body breaks down the proteins into amino acids, and it breaks down carbohydrates into different kinds of uh, sugars, basically, Um, and then the fats the, the get broken down as well. Um, in different stages of digestion uh, so with protein though the concern is people are worried that if they stop eating meat or if they eat even mm-hmm. just less meat they're worried they won't get enough protein because that's been marketed uh, to us yeah. um, and it's been it's been disproven that we would we're not getting enough protein so basically there was several studies where people these people went on potato only diets for over a year and at the end of the year, they had zero nutrient deficiencies. That's crazy. Uh, potatoes are about 4% protein. And then there was this other study where they, they found that um, they did this with mice, where when they were given mice 5% casein, which is a protein in dairy, they had no cancer. If they increased it to 20%, I believe it was either 50 or 20%, they all the majority of the mice developed cancer when they brought their diet back down to only 5% protein their cancer went away. Um, we also saw this in heart disease rates in World War II. in um, And I, I'm sorry, I forget which country, but it was one of the uh, Norwegian countries uh, when it was taken over, occupied by Nazi Germany for, it was several years. They, the Nazis took all their meat, basically, took all the farm animals for themselves. And so the majority of the population had to eat um, what they could grow, plants. And there's a graph, and it shows that heart disease, even though in the time of Nazi occupation, which you think stress would have caused heart attacks, because, you know, that's what we're, we're told stress causes heart attacks. I mean, I, I know that stress can cause heart attacks. But even in the most stressful situation of being occupied by Nazis, their heart attack, their, heart, their deaths of heart disease went significantly down during the time that they had no access to or very limited access to animals and animal protein. And then right after uh, the, the war was over and they, the, the diet changed and went back to eating animals, their heart rate, heart disease went way up again. And this was discussed in Forks Over Knives, the, the documentary Forks Over Knives. And, and Dr. Cadwell Esselstyn likes to quote that study as well in his work. Um, so we just, we look at, there's, there's information we're told by the media about diet. And we have to get that we've been marketed to. We've been marketed to about eggs. We've been marketed to about about milk. We've been marketed to because it makes it's an industry that wants to make money. You're not going to be marketed to about kale. You're not going to be marketed to about spinach, and and so like I like to say, eat eat foods that don't have a marketing team. (laughs) Eat eat foods from the planet. But there's I would encourage people to like check out the book Proteinaholic. Check out the works of. Uh, Dr. Cadwell Esselstyn, Dr. Joel Furman, I've had him on the show as well. Check out his 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 books about diet and healing the body and using food as nutrition and supporting the immune system with food are so well researched. You will really enjoy Dr. Uh, Joel Furman's books and his interview that I did with him. So so food is medicine. Focus on organic as much as possible. Focus on whole food meaning you look at it and you recognize it's one ingredient this is broccoli this right. is brown rice or this is <laughs> this is broccoli and uh, this is an apple those are whole foods if it's on a package and there's ing- a list of ingredients that's not a whole food so eat whole foods as much as possible now if it's in a package and it's like peas okay here's a package of peas that's one thing it's single ingredient there's peas okay it's a whole food right. so eat whole foods as much as possible eat organic as much as possible drink plenty of water uh and and that's one thing another thing is, is fasting fasting is incredibly beneficial for healthy people of sound mind of you know so if you have if oh, there's not, not many of those people, right well i you I know mean, i'm like that's like a, a whole other episode to yeah. talk about fasting but by the way um, I've,
0: I've had um Lauren Lockman. I don't know if you've heard of him or you know him. Maybe you'll interview him for your show once. I've had him twice. He's one of the world leading experts on water fasting. Um, Great. And he was very gracious to join me twice on the show.
1: Awesome. Uh, I have not heard of him. I'll definitely check him out. I have interviewed on fasting. um, One of the interviews was with Dr. Alan Goldhammer, who is the founder of the uh, a water only fasting clinic in. in California, called um, True North uh, Medical Center, I yeah, believe. Yeah,
0: heard of that. If, yeah. If
1: you Google Dr. Alan Goldhammer fasting, he has like a ninety-minute lecture on YouTube that's really good. I really like it. Another good interview, another good lecture is by Jason Fung called to the Two Compartment System." If you search that on YouTube, I also like Jason Fung's books on fasting. However, I don't. Uh, Necessarily agree with his diet recommendations when mm-hmm. you're not fasting, um, and so that's where I would say follow Dr. Uh, follow the the Proteinaholic book, Dr. Garth Davis, when it comes to diet. And then, and then look into fasting. You can do intermittent fasting. You could do a 24 hour fast. You can do a three day fast. Don't go more than five days of water only fasting without working with a doctor or or really understanding that, you know, how to get out of the fast because um, if you were to, for example, just immediately start eating salt again, you could actually kill yourself. You have to be, you have to be very, 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 careful. So, I've, and I've done episodes just on how to re, do refeeding and stuff like that when it comes to a fast, but fasting has been proven to boost the immune system, um, and, 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 help, help support the body in, in, um, getting back to a state of health. So we, we've been taught that fasting would make us weak, but it actually makes us stronger. So it's, it's very interesting. So we've talked about food and when to eat, when not to eat and look at, looking into that, um, uh, supplements making sure that we have enough nutrients, a, a very healthy multivitamin. Um, don't get any, don't buy a multivitamin made by a pharmaceutical industry. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, but vitamin C taking um, three to six grams a day, spread out throughout the day. Make sure that it's to bowel tolerance. Don't, if it gives you diarrhea, you've got to spread it out more throughout the day. Um, vitamin D, uh you should have your vitamin D levels tested if it's below 30. And, and I don't know the numbers for other countries. So only, I only know the number for the states. But if it's below 30, you, are, you have um, significantly increased your chances of cancer and your immune system does not function as it should. Um, if you, you, you really want to be around 60 as is the, is the number in terms of vitamin D, um, low vitamin D levels are directly linked to low immune system and cancer. So vitamin D is something we should be taking, but if you have, if you're at 60 or higher, maybe not take it. This is why vitamin D is a hormone, not, not a vitamin, even though it's called vitamin D, it's actually a hormone. I did it. I believe it's episode 22 of my podcast. Uh, So you'd have to go to learnchirhealth.com to find it, but I did an entire interview just on vitamin D. And, um, and so if you have had your levels tested and you're around 30, between 30 and 60, um, then taking five a thousand international units a day of um, oil, uh, a fat-based vitamin D. I, I've seen that the water-based vitamin D's are not nearly as effective, and um, and so taking that daily. Um, if you do feel like you are sick, like you have a flu or cold, Nature Paths will get you to take twenty-five thousand international units of vitamin D for three days, and then back down to ten thousand until you're better, and then you back down to five. Um, If you're at 60, you know, or you're between 50 and 60, you could take 1,000 a day, you know, just just to kind of keep you there. Um, Get out in the sun, obviously. But in order for your body to convert vitamin D, you need to get sunlight all day. You need to have healthy kidneys, healthy liver, and you actually have to have enough healthy fatty acids for the body to convert into D3. So if you have if you have a compromised liver or kidneys or you don't have enough healthy fats because you maybe had your gallbladder taken out and you're not digesting fat because someone took your gallbladder out without telling you that you need to be on a digestive enzyme for the rest of your life because you cannot um, digest fat. So you can't emulsify fat if you don't have a gallbladder. So therefore, your vitamin D levels will always be low uh, unless you are taking a vitamin D. So this is the things like I feel like it's a crime that doctors, mm-hmm. MDs are not uh, taught this because it's gonna make the the it's gonna make them more money. Like when I say them, I don't mean the individual MD. I mean the industry. Industry, yeah. It makes the industry more money to keep you in the dark and keep you sick. So they take out your gallbladder instead of help you get to the root cause of why you had kidney stones. But now for the rest of your life, you're fat deficient. You can't digest. You can't emulsify, mm-hmm. digest, and absorb enough fat. So you become D, vitamin D deficient. Then you develop all kinds of nutrient deficiency symptoms uh, for which they'll give you lots of drugs for, and then you'll die young. Um, instead, now, let's say for those who've had their gallbladder taken out, get on, go, go, go see a holistic doctor, go see a, a, um, a functional medicine practitioner or naturopathic doctor, get on a bile supplement that helps you emulsify your fats so you can digest them and absorb them. And then get on um some good you know eat some really good uh healthy fats like uh nuts seeds if you if you can if you your digestion can handle it um olives avocados that kind of thing so so we have to just this is where it comes to looking at how everything plays in with each other um and nutrients uh so I was on let's see vitamin c zinc taking forty milligrams a day of zinc uh, especially with corona we're seeing that people experience a lack of a sense, They lose their ability to taste and smell food. Well, that's a zinc deficiency. And back in early March, uh, what was published from, and this was findings from South Korea and from China. This is why the um, malaria drugs work, the anti-malaria drugs increase the charge allowing to, allowing for a deeper uptake of vitamin, of zinc into the, into the cell. So the the malaria drug itself isn't, isn't like killing the virus. The malaria drug increases zinc's uptake into the cell because it changes the charge. It increases it into the cell and zinc disrupts the virus from um, hijacking our RNA uh, function in the cell because viruses go in and try and, and they convince our cell, they hijack the cell to start making RNA for the virus so the virus can replicate. Zinc disrupts this function. And when we have enough zinc, and I believe this is the missing link, this is the link, but, and that and vitamin C. Um, enough vitamin C and enough zinc, I believe is the key. And of course, people get on the antibulario drug because it increases the uptake of zinc into the cell. Well, if you take enough zinc, then you won't have that problem. You know, hypothetically, right? So, so that's exciting, and um, right. they're seeing that. So, let's see. We, zinc. Take your zinc. Take your vitamin C. Take a good multivitamin um, that you know is uh, that contains all the B vitamins and uh, and and hopefully is um, plant based and and um, also methylated. Um, vitamin A is an interesting one. It's really supportive, protective of the lungs. Um, so I did a two and a half hour interview with a naturopathic doctor just recently, episode 421. He's really all about the science. And he the entire episode was, was talking about coronavirus and answering the questions of my listeners. And he talks about vitamin A. I've been prescribed vitamin A when I had a lung infection by my naturopath. And he says, you know, if you you're, you don't have liver issues, then take vitamin A. It's very supportive of the. You can take vitamin A and vitamin E, very supportive of the lungs as well. Um, you can take herbs like elderberry, which is a, I don't know, we call it an herb, it's a berry, but elderberry. Um, Doctor Cabral says, however, if you have an autoimmune condition, take elderberry preventively, and then stop taking it when you have the virus because there might be a slight chance that between your autoimmune condition and the cytokine storm, as they like to call it, the media likes to call it that to freak people out, Mm. that happens during the corona um, infection, that elderberry could exacerbate that, could exacerbate the symptoms. It's not been proven, it's just hypothetical, but he said to be on the safe side. Stop taking elderberry when you get the virus, if you have an autoimmune condition. Then he talks about other precautions um, in our interview. So that's nutrients. You can absolutely take supplements. Number one is food. Number two is nutrients. Number three is um, your lifestyle. Go to bed early. Go to bed at nine. Get,
0: oh, get up, you're not up my up real mom. Bed. Shut up.
1: <laughs> go to bed. It's so funny because even I'm catching myself wanting to stay up hey. late because like, I don't have to go anywhere tomorrow. I don't, I'm not seeing anyone tomorrow. Go to bed. Um, the body heals itself when you sleep and uh, there's really interesting if we if we go to bed after 10 the the brain does this thing where it starts to like digest itself um sort of a layman's way of saying it i like that um yeah but basically if we go to bed on time so get get in bed at nine bring a book with you not a screen and um and then read your book and then at 10 you know turn off lights or whatever try to fall asleep before 10 your body will have um, a stronger immune system, a, a more a stronger brain, so you get up earlier. That's great, you know. Go for a jog when no one's awake, or go running, you know, walk around barefoot in your backyard. So go to bed on time. The next thing is um, grounding or earthing. Get bare feet on the ground as much as possible. I, I did an interview on. I actually did two interviews on on earthing. And in the Facebook group, the Learn True Health Facebook group, if you go join the Learn True Health Facebook group and click on announcements and scroll down into the announcements, there I was given permission to upload the documentary that wasn't available anywhere because it was being shown at all of the um, film festivals and winning all these kinds of awards. There's a great documentary on earthing and grounding and the science of it. So we are walking around in carpets which is insulated, we're wearing shoes, which is is insulated, we are driving in cars, which is insulated, we are lying on a bed, which is not grounded. We are never, ever, ever actually releasing excess electrons into the earth like we're meant to. And this creates a buildup of excess electrons that act like free radicals that cause inflammation and damage on the cellular level when we go outside and put our feet in the ground, we're releasing excess electrons. It is the cheapest version of getting, taking an antioxidant because, because you're actually releasing. Now, if, have you ever had static shock? Like you touch something and you see a little shock or you feel shocked? That is, um, you have an excess of electrons, so much so that they had to discharge quickly out of you. Um, that then that often happens in dry climates because you build that you build them up faster as you're walking along carpet, for example. Yes. So get outside in nature as much as possible. Put your feet in the ground. If you can't, like you're in an apartment complex, buy a grounding mat. LearnTrueHealth.com/slash, grounding. LearnTrueHealth.com/slash grounding. Get to my favorite grounding mat company. I'm actually on one right now. There's one for the office and there's one for your bed. And there's one, that, I mean, you could take it and bring it to the couch. There's one for animals. Uh, our cat, who's 17, um, he just turned 17. He has really bad arthritis and he can't jump up on the bed for years. He hasn't been able to jump up on the bed after using the grounding mat. And he found it because it's on my, I have a, like a footstool. I, I put my, I, I lay out my legs up um, when I'm doing interviews. I'm very comfortable. And my grounding mat's on by my legs. My cat found it the second I plugged it in and he, takes over. He kind of pushes my legs away. (laughs) He takes over and he lies on it. And since he was using the grounding mat, he has been jumping up on our bed and he has been way more active and he stopped limping. And I've heard this countless times from other people who say that their animals are out of pain, but not only that humans who use grounding mats are out of pain, have better sleep. Why? Because we when we ground ourselves or when we do earthing, when we release the excess electrons, we stop having the excess of free radicals in our body that's causing inflammation and causing damage on the cellular level. So that's really important for the immune system. We're also, we've also seen people go into remission and in certain autoimmune conditions simply by grounding. They were doing everything else right. They were eating right. They were, taking, they were doing everything right. And then they started grounding. And that was the key for them. And I've had lots of listeners also report back in the Facebook group sharing their experiences that it's been life-changing. So if you can get out in nature, in your backyard, front yard, if you can put your feet or feet on the earth, do it as often as possible. Walk, and this isn't five minutes. I mean, this is like hours a day. If you can get out there, do it. Literally hug a tree, garden, get, get your body on the earth. Get your bare skin on the earth. If you can't get a grounding mat, it will make a ton of difference. It it um, It's just, it, I can't say enough good things about it. Check out the documentary in our, in the Facebook group, in the announcement section. Um, managing your emotional, managing your emotional stress is really important. Um, I think we can worry ourselves to death, basically. We can just worry and worry and worry. I have an entire training on, on how to eliminate anxiety. That's one of my specialties. I'm a master practitioner, trainer of neurolinguistic programming, and I've been teaching people since 2005 how to eliminate anxiety uh, to the point where people have come back to me and said that their doctor took them off their drugs. They no longer need wow. anti-anxiety drugs because of this tech, because of the techniques I teach. And um, if you go to my website, learntourhealth.com and then you click on the tab there and you'll be able to see a video where I'm doing the technique with complete strangers. Actually, this so, so much fun. We went out, out into a park and um, I met people on Facebook in our local group local group and i said i i want to film myself doing this technique with complete strangers just to prove that it works and i found five people and i filmed it made a video of me doing this technique and these all these people were um very anxious anxiety had been a massive problem some of them were on anti-anxiety meds because of how bad the problem was and um in about a minute for each of them they were able to completely eliminate their anxiety so it's a mechanism you learn how to turn it off in your brain And I love teaching that. And I think right now it's needed more than ever because we can worry to the point where we're causing anxiety, which then creates the stress response. We then can think ourselves into a physical response of fight or flight, a physical response. Once we're in fight or flight, we are out of healing. Once we're in fight or flight, um, our body shunts blood away from our immune system, away from our gut, away from the logic centers of our brain in order to survive a, a fight. But if we're in that state constantly, we have now weakened our immune system. So worry does weaken the immune system. This is the catch twenty two. You're worrying about getting a virus, and you're actually going to probably give yourself a worse outcome by worrying about it. Right. <laughs> so, um, so focus. So doing everything you can to get yourself in the autonomic nervous system's response of rest and digest is the best thing possible turn your entire house into a day spa get super chill get super happy and um do everything you can to be as rested as peaceful and as happy as possible while nurturing your body with food uh, and with supplements when you know to fill in the gaps and with love as much as possible and rest and and grounding though that's that's my entire formula
0: right (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on Be Yourself and Love It podcast. You've definitely given everyone, myself included, a lot to think about. And they know that they can find Learn True Health podcast on their usual podcasting app. If they want to follow up and hear more of what you've got to say in your interviews with guests, thank you once more for coming on the show.
1: It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And you at home, be yourself. But don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.